When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Box and Six podcast. You're listening to Stephen Dorff, and alongside me is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. You can check us out on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Boxin6FFSN. And now on Facebook as well at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. On this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about the uh, most recent breaking news in the Milwaukee Bucks organization, that being that Coach Mike Budenholzer has been dismissed after a first-round playoff exit and five seasons as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. Uh, we also want to discuss some of the uh, candidates that we've heard as potential options for the next uh, head coaching position as the Milwaukee Bucks. So with that being said, Hershey, um, how did you feel about Mike Budenholzer being fired after we had talked about it on our uh, last couple of episodes? Yeah, I mean, I feel like my my feelings were pretty well known based on the last couple of pods. Um, you know, I, I definitely thought he should have been fired. I thought it was time for the Bucks to move on. Um, you know, you, you do feel for him. He just had a family tragedy, you know, like we kind of mentioned before, and it's it's tough to get fired right out right out of that. And, you know, again, good luck to him in the next in his next coaching uh endeavor, whatever team, you know, good luck, good luck to him. And we hope he gets another job. He probably will. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's good for the Bucks to move on. I think the offense was becoming a little stale. Um, it seemed like in the press conference with Giannis that he was a little upset about the defensive adjustments, you know, kind of saying, I maybe I should have guarded Jimmy. Maybe we should have double teamed Jimmy. And, you know, as a, as the superstar, you know, maybe he could have done something more about it. But, you know, in the end, he said he he trusted his coach and he respected his coach. And so he kind of laid it at Bud's feet. And I just think, at, you know, and it seems like it was kind of a long time coming. You know, we've talked about Coach Bud being fired in past seasons. You know, there's been reports that he was going to be fired if we didn't win that championship in 2021. And that, you know, gave him a couple more years. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's good for the Bucks. I like it. I, I think it was necessary. And, you know, I'm excited to see who we can replace him with and how the team can look in the future. What about what? what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably really couldn't agree more with you, if I'm being honest in this case. So I just want to say thank you to Coach Bud. Again, he he led us to a 70% win percentage in the regular season in his five years coaching us, got us our second championship title in 50 years. So he's done a lot of great things as a coach. But like I like you said, the, the team, the style was getting a little stale. 
And I think that kind of all starts with the head coaching position. So yeah, I, I agree with you fully. And uh, I want to do, I want to get into the uh, potential candidates that we've heard floating around uh, recently. So for example, Nick nurse is a guy we've heard. Uh, we did a poll on our Instagram. Actually, we did, who do you, who do the people want to see as the next head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks? Our options were Nick nurse, Frank Vogel, and someone else, whoever that be. And 59% of the uh, voters said Nick nurse. So I think that's a good guy to, you know, start talking about right now. Uh, Nick nurse Hirsch. How do, how do you feel about Nick nurse? You know, I, I like it. I think it would definitely be an upgrade. You know, Nick Nurse is known as a coach who is very uh, peculiar. And, you know, he he likes changing a lot of things all the time. You know, game to game, he'll change he'll change things. And I think, you know, that was one of the things that Coach Bud was, was struggled with was game to game adjustments. You know, we, we talked a lot about, and I know we talked a lot about with Dorf on Sports too, about how he's he's really stubborn. He doesn't want to change any of his any of his schemes, any of his rotations. He doesn't want to shorten his his rotations at all. He wants to play how he plays and continuously do it because it works for him in the regular season. Whereas Nick Nurse is the type of guy who, you know, he he'll play one way the whole regular season and then completely change if he needs to in the middle of the in the middle of the playoff series. And I, I think that's, you know, I think that's kind of something we need. And so yeah, looking at those Instagram poll numbers with Nurse at 59%. I mean, it's pretty pretty overwhelming when you look at the like what the what the public is saying about Nick Nurse becoming the next box head coach. Yeah, Nick Nurse. So I I voted for Frank Vogel. I just want to throw that out there. I I am on the again. I'm I'm kind of I would be happy with really any of these guys, and also have my concerns about any of these guys. But I I just want to throw that out there. I I went with Frank Vogel as my guy right now. Um, but Nick Nurse is a very interesting guy, very interesting coach. Uh, like you said, he he is very, very into making those mid-game, in-game adjustments all the time. And it could be, you know, a complete 180 and how he was playing them in the first half or in the first part of the uh, series. So that that's really cool to have as a coach. I mean, I think we saw like Eric Spolster kind of use that on us. I mean, we saw Nick Nurse do that to us when we played them in the playoffs with our first year as a, a coach Budenholzer as our head coach. So we've seen what Nick Nurse can do from a defensive standpoint. The thing that I want to point out about Nick Nurse is that offensively, it's it's very similar to Coach Budenholzer, where I, I the half court offense just isn't great at times. And in the playoffs, especially, I think it was since 2021, he's had like a bottom four, bottom five uh, offensive rating in the playoffs with his Raptors teams. So that that is a little concerning because. Our best player is Giannis, and we've seen Giannis be the most dominant player in the game in the first three quarters. But then in the fourth quarter, he needs that that shooter or that that creator to help him out because you know he struggles at the line and he he doesn't really he's not he's not a shooter. So that that is kind of my concern with Nick Nurse is that we've seen him struggle in the half court offense, and we've seen this team struggle in the half court offense, and that seems like it could be a potential toxic mixture, but. I don't know, Hirsch. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, my thing with the offense is I think your entire sentiment is valid, but I do think we have to look at the pieces that he, you know, the tools that he had. I mean, he won the championship when he had a superstar, and then he immediately lost a superstar and his offensive efficiency dropped, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You 
I mean, you wouldn't stay as high as it would as it was when you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard. And at this point, I think we can all agree that Giannis is, if not the best player, a top three player, and he's better than Kawhi Leonard at this point. And so I think, you know, looking at who he had, yeah, he had guys like Fred Van Vliet. He had guys like Scotty Barnes. He had, you know, he he had a lot of guys who were like 6'9", 6'8", you know, athletic wings, but not necessarily, you know, positional studs at each position you know we have a point guard we have a shooting guard we have you know we have specific positions whereas he was kind of running this you know fluid basketball where they were all kind of the same height playing the same way like with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam it was difficult to watch them on the court at the same time just because of how similar they were as players whereas the Bucks, you know we have specified roles for our guys and I think you know seeing Nick Nurse have weapons like a Drew Holiday, like a Chris Middleton, like a Bobby Portis to throw in, like a Bro- like a Brooke Lopez. These the that team kind of reminds me a little bit of that Raptors team with guys like Marcus Saul and Jonas Valanciunas, and then he's got Fred and he's got Lowry, like and then he, he's got his centerpiece which is Kawhi, and then we have Giannis. So I mean, yeah, with Nick Nurse and his superstar, it turned into a championship, and then he never got another chance. So I'd like to see him have another chance with a superstar because I think he's a great coach. I, I agree with that to an extent. I mean, you look at someone like Pascal Siakam, I mean, with the numbers he puts up, I mean, would you not argue that he is on the – that not obviously not Kawhi Leonard, Giannis level, but he's a superstar to an extent. I mean, you have a young star in Scotty Barnes. He had OG on a newbie who was having a career year. He has Fred Van Vliet, who's been a very capable point guard. I mean, they've had, they have guys. It's not like there's no, there's a lack of talent there. I just think that we, we've seen him do a lot worse without having that, you know, Kawhi Leonard and the Bucks at the end of the day, don't have that Kawhi Leonard type of player. Giannis is a much different type of player, offensive player, defensive player than Kawhi Leonard is. And we've seen it. We've seen Nick Nurse work with a guy like Kawhi Leonard, but how sure and how confident are we that he can uh, make it work with Giannis knowing Giannis has also a, a, known to be a struggle in the uh, half-court offense. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, how he kind of uses those guys. And I think him being able to make constant adjustments in the way that he's playing, like he plays, and that the fact that he's willing to constantly make adjustments, I think would be a plus to the half-court offense. Because, I mean, regardless of what he knows or anything, if the Bucks are struggling, he would definitely try to change it which is what I would want to see out of a coach. And, you know, having that willingness to change, I think is refreshing for, for a team that, you know, is old and has been kind of stuck in their ways for, you know, the betterment of five years. That's very fair. That's a very fair point. Uh, you're listening to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Steven Dorf. Alongside me is Hershey Winkleman. And we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. We're going to discuss some of the other candidates that we have looked into, Frank Vogel, uh, Mike D'Antoni and Charles Lee. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. Um, we've been looking over some of the coaching replacements for Coach Budenholzer. Um, this is Stephen Dorf and Hershey Winkleman on the Bucks and Six show. Um, we went over Nick Nurse in the opening half of the show. Um, let's shift the focus over to Frank Vogel. Steve, I know you were looking into some of his coaching styles prior to the podcast. Um, what, what, what did you, what have you, you know, what have you found out about Frank Vogel and what, what should we be looking at? So Frank Vogel to me is a, is 
I think is a pretty good fit for what this Bucks team has tried to do in the last five seasons with Mike Budenholzer. Frank Vogel has, is a guy who has uh, had top-rated defenses in Indiana, in Los Angeles. He won a title in Los Angeles. He made it to conference finals in Indiana and got stopped by who else other than LeBron James. But Frank Vogel is a guy, to me, who's who's proven. He, he's done it. And we've seen Frank Vogel run a drop-coverage-style defense which is what this Bucks team has ran and what they've tried to run. But we've also seen him make adjustments when they were needed, uh, particularly with that uh, Los Angeles Lakers team. They had Anthony Davis play on ball. They had him guarding Jimmy Butler at times. And I think that's something that you could kind of have Giannis do is be less of a help guy at times and, you know, maybe have him guard uh, uh, an elite playmaker. So I like to see that out of a guy like Frank Vogel. Another thing I want to point out is, with Frank Vogel, he he preaches a uh, high ball movement. And I know he also does struggle a little bit in the half court as well. But the one thing I want to say is that in his Indiana days, he had like a top 10 uh like pass per possession uh stat on his for uh in his uh run on the Pacers. So he did that for like on a three-year run with them. So I, I think that's you know a positive with him and on his offensive style. Again, no coach is perfect, and I think that the whole drop coverage scheming that he runs and the fact that we've seen him be a top rated defensive coach before is a good fit and a good pairing with this Bucks team. But what say you Hirsch? Yeah. You know, I mean, like you kind of said earlier, I am not like for or against necessarily any of these. I think they would all be, um, you know, good candidates, some maybe better than others, but I would be happy with either Vogel or nurse for sure. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said about Vogel. And I think, you know, something should be said about those Indiana Pacers days with him. Um, you know, he took he took the Miami Heatles with, you know, Chris Bosh, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Eric Spolstra as the coach. He took them deep into series, you know, playing them pretty competitively. And he also was the coach that spurred the growth of Paul George, which I think he doesn't get enough credit for, is that, you know, Paul George kind of blossomed under the Vogel era in, in Indiana and that's that's not really talked about at all, but I, I think Frank Vogel has shown a little bit that you know he can he can develop talent as well, and I think he can he can you know grow players, um and give them a bigger role, and I, I I like that I like I like that I've seen that from Vogel over the years for sure. Yeah, that's actually a very good point you bring up because uh, if you remember on those Pacers team, Danny Granger. Uh, what a throwback name, but that was supposed to be that, but uh, that team's like superstar. That was that team's guy. He went down with numerous injuries. Wasn't really the same after, but yeah, Frank Vogel developed guys like Paul George, George Hill, Roy Hibbert into some of the better players at Lance Stevenson, even into some of the more effective stars, even role players. We've seen what he can do as a coach defensively. And he's, he's, he's a championship coach before. So he's won a championship. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. It also seems like Vogel's very good at, you know, getting a lot out of older players as well, like guys that are coming onto the team later in their careers. Um, you know, obviously we saw David West on those old Pacers teams. He was kind of their veteran, their, you know, strong man. And he 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 kind of had a resurgence in Indiana. He played he played very well and, you know, he may have tacked on a couple of extra years on his career because of it. And then you look at the Lakers, you know, in that finals run. They had, they, he, he, Rajon Rondo basically turned the clock back and played like he did in Boston and helped the Lakers win that championship. 
And I, I think, you know, that's definitely something to notice as well with Vogel is he, see, he seems like a player, a coach who gets the best out of his players when, when he's their coach. And I, I like, I like to see that. That's a good, that's definitely a good trait to have. Um, you know, looking at some of the other candidates, what were your, uh, what were your thoughts on Mike D'Antoni? You know, I've been seeing some reports swirling, you know, we all, we all kind of know about Mike D'Antoni. He's been, he's been around basketball for, you know, decades at this point, you know, we, we, we know about him as the coach of the Rockets, as the coach of, you know, the Suns. What are, what are your thoughts as maybe him as, you know, an offensive coach coming, coming into the box? Yeah, definitely a totally different style, completely different from a schematic standpoint with D'Antoni in comparison to Vogel and nurse with Mike D'Antoni. Uh, he he's, a, he's obviously on the older side. He's like 71, I believe at this point, which would like make him the second oldest coach in the league, only behind Greg Popovich. Uh, So there's obviously longevity concerns with that and how long he can be our coach, Um, you know, gives us time to maybe groom someone else. But with uh, Mike D'Antoni, we've seen him, you know, the whole seven seconds or less offense where he, he basically wanted to get a shot up uh, within seven seconds of the shot clock. And that has uh, led to some pretty successful offenses. He's, had uh, four of the number one rated offenses in his time as a coach, three of them being with the Phoenix Suns and one time with the Houston Rockets led by James Harden. So we know what D'Antoni is capable of from an offensive standpoint. And we've seen this Bucks team just basically not run an offense and just everyone just stands around and runs ISO ball. And there's just nothing really going on. I think that could be a really cool change of pace. However, I think this team is built for a more defensive style of basketball. And I don't know how that fit would necessarily work with like a guy like Drew Holiday and Giannis. Like it just seems like it would be just like a weird fit. I don't know. How, how do you feel? Yeah. I don't know if we necessarily have the personnel to run like a seven seconds or less or like a pace and space, Mike D'Antoni kind of offense. You know, we kind of saw him come, come away from the seven seconds or less on the suns and go to more of a pace and space offense with the Rockets where, you know, James Harden was orchestrating, but they had all of these shooters all the time who were just willing to just pop. And they took the Warriors very deep in those playoffs. And that team was literally built to beat the Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green led Warriors. You know, the team that everyone says was unbeatable. It's one of the best teams ever assembled. That Those Rockets teams under D'Antoni with Chris Paul and James Harden were able to take them extremely far. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, I I don't necessarily know that we have the personnel to, you know, run that kind of an offense. I think there would have to be changes, um, you know, trades made if we were, if we were going to implement something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think of the candidates, he would definitely be the one I would be least excited about, but I do, I do agree with you that it would be a fun kind of change of pace to the way that the Bucks play for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to bring up would be Charles Lee, our current like number two assistant coach. Uh, Charles Lee would be an interesting guy to promote to head coach. I mean, Nick Nurse was promoted to head coach under Dwayne Casey, and that worked out very well for the Raptors, brought them a championship that year. Uh, if we were to promote someone like Charles Lee to head coach, I mean, Darvin Ham right now is doing really well with the Lakers. He was uh, an assistant coach for us. I mean, is this Mike Budenholzer coaching tree something we might want to experiment with? Do we want to take on a super young coach? I mean, I think Charles Lee is still in his 30s. 
he would be one of the younger coaches in the league right out of the gate. Do, is this, do the Bucks have the time to experiment with a rookie head coach? You know, I think the, the rookie head coach thing is very interesting. Um, we're seeing a contender do that right now with the Celtics. You know, they, they just, they just assigned Joe Mazzula to that position after they promoted him from the, from the Ime Udoka coaching staff. And so, you know, they were kind of forced into it due to, off the court issues with their coach, but it's turned out well for them. I mean, they look like a like a bona fide championship level team at this point. You know, they're one of the favorites to exit the East and represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. Um, so yeah, I mean, personally, I'd rather have Vogel or Nurse just because of their, you know, pedigree, the fact that they've both won championships before as a head coach. Um you know, I think that matters a lot when it comes to commanding a locker room. I'm not necessarily sure that, you know, the oldest team in the NBA would respect a 30-year-old co- or a, a coach in his 30s, which I think is something that, you know, needs to be looked at because, you know, that, that's, that's been a, it's been a problem in the past for young coaches is that they have a trouble, they have trouble controlling the locker room because they're so close in age to some of the older players on the team. Mm-hmm. You bring that up with the, uh, you know, demanding respect as a coach. I think that's a valid point, but I will say with uh, Charles Lee is he has been under coach bud since like 2014. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, the players on this team currently, they know, they know Charles Lee They're They're obviously, they've been coached by him for five years now. So I, I'm not necessarily worried about that with Charles Lee about demanding respect, being so young, being that he's been with this team for five years now. And, you know, Ben under coach Bud, who I think a lot of the players did respect as a coach, regardless of whether or not they thought he made the right, you know, decisions uh, in specific times. But I'm not necessarily concerned about that with Charles Lee. I think for me, my biggest concern with him is just that we haven't seen him, you know, take on the role of a head coach. We don't know if he can handle the pressure of a head coach. Whereas we have seen guys like Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, like you said, they have that championship pedigree. We've seen them step up in the big moment. Definitely. I agree. I think, you know, I think any of those coaches I would be happy with. I wouldn't necessarily be angry if they promoted Charles Lee. And, you know, I, I've heard I've heard a lot of talk shows recently talking about how, you know, the Bucks have a, have have time. They can wait this out. It doesn't need to be a quick hire. Um, and, you know, anything can happen with these teams in the playoffs. You know, we, we the Suns could be swept. And Monty Williams could be on the on the open market. Um, you know, we could see Mike Malone on the market. You could see Doc Rivers. Um, you know, any of these coaches in the playoffs currently could be the Bucks' next head coach. We we're just we're not sure. So I think the Bucks. You know, I think they should take their their time. I think they should wait it out. They have some good candidates. They're very clearly the number one coaching destination right now. Of op- of open places, the Bucks are the number one destination. So, you know, we we can wait, we can wait it out. We can, you know, set our priorities and make sure we have what we want going into next season for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing that they need to make sure, you know, the Bucs need to make sure they do is get Giannis's opinion on it, on the hire. I think that's a very big thing, you know, knowing that, you know, his uh, extension is coming up this summer, His if he decides to, you know, do the, the extension, hoping he does. So I think that's going to be a big uh a big factor into who they sign as a, as a head coach. 
And I think that's something they definitely need to take into account. I mean, who does Giannis want to be coached by? He's, he's the guy that runs our team, basically. I mean, he's, he's our MVP. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he's got to have some sort of input. And I mean, I know this isn't a Packers podcast, but Aaron Rodgers was demanding input, you know, the entire time and the Packers, you know, kind of catered to that and it kept him here for 20 years. So, you know, if we want Giannis around for a long time, I definitely think having him involved in front office decisions, you know, if John Horst decides he wants to move any of the, you know, the core of the team, I think Giannis should have input um, Mm -hmm. on whether or not that happens and who we, who we attain, because I, I definitely think the entire, you know, front office needs to make sure that Giannis is happy 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that'll be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN, and now on Facebook as well at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. On our next show, we will continue covering the second round of the playoffs, and we'll bring you guys any updates regarding your Milwaukee Bucks. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorf, and let's go Bucks!